Hello there, we are your hosts Vivek and Pavitra from the Agile Coach Podcast. In this podcast, we bring fresh perspectives to you through our interviews with thought leaders in Agile Coaching, Facilitation, Business Analysis, and Product Management roles. Enjoy! Joe, welcome back. We are excited to do a deep dive around Agile Coaching and you know your journey of going becoming a uh, IC Agile, Agile Certified Coach, and then now just recently becoming expert in Agile Coaching and the process of learning and what it took for you to become uh, an ICE Coach. So with that, Joe, let's just start with, you know, what is um, an ICPACC class, like what Agile Coaching Foundational class? Uh, what did you learn or what do you teach in that class? And then we're going to go into more of an advanced topic. So to you, Joe. <laughs> Sure. So um, in the so in ICP, we teach kind of the fundamentals of agility. So, you know, the, the manifesto, the principles, we look at multiple frameworks. Uh, we basically set people up to know this is what agility looks like. This is what it feels like. And this is how you apply it to your teams. Um, then when we get into ACC, we actually focus very little on agility itself. And we focus more on what are the skills that a coach would need to help their teams become agile, to help them deliver? So at ACC, we look at our, our um, ATF, so the facilitation course, we focus on self-organization and facilitation and stuff. ACC is a lot about change management. It's hmm. how do I help people adjust to these new things? And then there's yeah. uh, four key areas that we work with people when we're um, developing them as an agile coach. So uh, Lisa created this thing that she calls the X-Way, which is the mm -hmm. Agile Coaching Framework. It has SME, you know, all of the Agile knowledge up at the top. At the bottom, it has the uh, expert areas that uh, you can go into. But the four key ones are coaching and facilitation, training or teaching, and um, mentoring. The idea being that those four areas are the places where Agile coaches need to show up um, and deliver with their teams. They need to show up in these areas and uh, coach their team to be successful. They need to occasionally mentor developers on how they can be more successful, so on and so on. So in ACC, we develop all of those skills. Um, when you become, or the process of becoming an ICE coach is taking those to, I don't want to say the highest level because it's a continuous development journey, mm -hmm. but showing um, a group of your peers that yes, I not only understand how these works, but I can perform all of these things at an expert level. Yeah. So for example, most certifications just require you to take a test. So you mm -hmm. go online, you fill out the test, you get the certification. This is closer to the process that they do with doctors. Mm -hmm. So instead of just saying, hey, I took a test, I can be a doctor now, you have to do boards, you have to um, do all sorts of things to prove that you can use these skills in the right way. And mm -hmm. that's what ICE is all about. So um, now you have to go through a, a cohort process. There's uh, three or four companies in the world that are currently doing this, uh, a few more coming on. Uh, our company happens to be one of them. And uh, we go through this rigorous process saying, how would you confirm that people are experts in this? And we describe the, the program we're going to put them through and the exercises and all of the different things that we're going to do. And primarily it's practice-based. It's mm. you already know how these skills work. 
We might give you a few pieces of knowledge here and there if you need them just to up your game. But for the most part, you have the skills, so it's practicing them until you can demonstrate that you truly are an expert. And that's yeah. what our cohort does. We, we get people together um, either virtually or fingers crossed if the virus and everything stays um, minor, we're really, really hoping to do um, at least the intensive in person. So we get yeah. people together, we connect them to each other, yeah. and then we spend months practicing these skills until they can prove to the board that, yes, I truly am an expert. Yeah. Joe, when I went through the ACC class and, and I actually went it with you and your partner, uh, one of the big ahas was even though if I, I knew there was a difference between mentoring and coaching, uh, it was a big aha when we did the practice, right? So if you can, if somebody's a scrum master wants to kind of really understand uh, mentoring and coaching in contrast, like how, how would you explain that and, you know, kind of give us a little bit skinny into like what, what kind of activities you have so that they can, you know, practice those uh, as a standalone skills? Oh, absolutely. I mean, the, the biggest difference between mentoring and coaching is who's looking at the problem. So, yeah. so for example, when you're a mentor, you have experience in this area, you've done it before, you've been there, done that, bought the t-shirt. So when your mentee comes to you and says, hey, I've got a problem, both of you are looking at the problem. You're both saying, okay, what's the problem you're trying to solve? As a mentor, it's here's how I've solved these problems in the past. Here's how my experience helped. Here's how it might help you. And then the mentee is saying, great, I'm going to take what I want from those things. I'm going to pick what I think would work the best. And I'm going to go do it. Now, as a coach, it's completely different. As a coach, your coachee or client, however you want to call it, shows up and they say, hey, I've got a problem that I need to solve. And the coach comes in and says, okay, cool. How can I help you? Not the problem. Let's talk to you and figure out what's going on in your life. How are you working on this problem? What can we do to support you so that you can solve the problem on your own? And coaching is us basically supporting this person through coming up with their own solution and solving their own problems. Yeah. Yeah. And just to kind of make it even real, um, I can give, give a quick scenario. Let's say, um, you know, we've been, we've been creating content and, you know, there's a pile of content for me, Joe, this might be real and I'm kind of overwhelmed and I don't know where to get started for this new course that we are designing um, or just around the content, I'm not feeling confident uh, around recording some of these content or doing the research. So in the mentoring, you're, you're, you're saying that as an agile expert, you are looking at, okay, what content, what are you not getting? What do you need to make simple? So we're looking at that. You're giving me all the experience, all the examples. You're maybe role-playing with me. You're doing all kind of stuff, just looking at the problem, helping me. But in coaching, you're saying that, you're really, really looking at, okay, what am I dealing with? What's the hiccup? Where am I getting stuck? What kind of stories am I uh, saying to myself and more, right? Right. So, so um, if I were mentoring you on, on this problem, I'd come in and I'd talk about stuff like, um, hey, when I record my content, here's what I do. I record mm -hmm. it and I record it in such a way that I can publish it with very little changes. Yeah. I, I try to reduce the edits, dot, 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 dot. Here's mm -hmm. what I do. And I'd be talking about all of my experience with this. Mm -hmm. And you might say, you know what? I, I record more content than Joe does. I do. I, why am I going to Joe for this? 
and but you know i would still be trying to mentor you yeah now if if i were coaching you on it i'd say look vivek has delivered content in the past he's done this he's done it well he's he's gotten people uh, interested in the channel all sorts of things show that vivek can do this yeah. so what happened in vivek's life that now he can't do this yeah is there too much work in his life um, yeah. is he not prioritizing that 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 and in the end, I don't know the answer to any of these questions. Right. So all I can do is show up as curious and say, yeah. hey, Vivek, what's keeping you from delivering the content the way you want to deliver? It? Yeah. And then we would just go down that path and then we would talk. And as a coach, all I'm trying to do is figure out what's keeping you from being successful. How are you getting in your own way? And how can I get you out of your way so that you can go back to being successful at what you're successful at? 100%. 100%. So yeah, that, that skill set is awesome. Uh, Joe, and, and we've been in a session where, you know, the, the quality that I've appreciated about you as a coach is you're an awesome listener. You, um, you can, you. you can really, uh, you can relate, but when you're in a taking a coaching stance, you're not afraid to challenge or ask me a question, powerful question that helps me really see some where I'm stuck at. Um, you create the safety when you coach somebody where, you know, that's, you know, that safe psychological safety helps me, uh, you know, kind of share like what's really happening. And a lot of other skill sets that, you know, that as a coach, you're, you're practicing or, or you're kind of applying in, in the person that you're coaching. Um, and this is, that's, this is what we're practicing uh, in the, the ICE cohort, right? So, uh, and, and looking from like the value perspective, when you're working with uh, leaders in the organizations or leaders in, in your teams, right? A lot of them, they actually already understand that the domain really well. They understand they have technical expertise. They have had some experience. Um, and, you know, in the world, in the organization, things are always changing. So something has changed uh, and they're, they're, they're stuck or they're not really sure about how to move forward. And, and that's where, the coaching skills can be really useful. Um, if you can, if you can share more about how how to use coaching, um, the coaching stance with leaders in the organization. That's a great question. Well, I'll start with a the most powerful example to me. So I was uh, coaching a team in on State Street. That's Boston's version of Wall Street. So big bank, big skyscraper. So uh, I'm in there working with a team. And the team came to me and I'd only been there for a few days. I was still trying to get to know everybody. And the team said, hey, uh, we'd really love your help. Our product owner has been uh, very prickly lately. So uh, standoffish, confrontational, hard to work with. And I said, okay, sure. So I was thinking to myself, oh, this person probably doesn't understand the role. Probably doesn't. I immediately jumped into mentoring. I was thinking this person doesn't know how this job works. I should go in and I should explain to this person how this works, um, how I've done it in the past, how they could do it, things like that. Taking my uh, previous experience and applying it to them. Yeah. So I sit down in a conference room with this person, I grab her and I'm like, hey, let's talk about this. And I, in my head, I know what's wrong. I know how to solve this problem. So I start talking to this person and two minutes later, mm. she is bawling uncontrollably in the conference room. Wow. And it wasn't because I had said anything to make her cry. It was because I had asked her a simple question. I started off with, hey, 
so what's going on? I'm noticing that um, you seem a little tense around the team. What can I do to help? And no one had come to this woman and talked to her as a human being and just said, hey, how can I support you? How can I help you? And it turned out that she had been in this really negative situation where, and I, we don't need to go into all the details, but the short version is um, one of the key stakeholders that she was working with on this project was actively trying to torpedo her, undermine her, and steal her job. Mm. So the stakeholder was um, essentially underperforming on their day job, and their department was like, look, we're probably going to have to let you go. And she thought, well, if they're going to have to let me go, where else can I land in this organization? And she's like, oh, I know. I'll take this other person's job. <laughs> so this poor woman had been trying to work with the stakeholder that she was essential to this effort mm. uh, while that person was actively trying to steal her job. Mm. And finally, she broke down and we had this conversation and we were able to talk about it. And we were able to talk about how she could move forward. And I had no experience with this organization. So I actively showed up with curiosity. I'm like, how could you do this? What tools are available to you? How can mm. we get you the help that you need? And by supporting her, eventually she realized, okay, I can do something about this. And she moved on and she was able to solve the problem on her own. And that's all it took. It didn't take yeah. me doing anything except yeah. showing this person some kindness and some empathy. And they were able to solve the problem on their own. Beautiful. Thank you for uh, articulating that, that example. So we talked about uh, mentoring and coaching. Uh, facilitation is in a class of itself. Uh, one question that I want to ask you, Joe, is when, when you see um, somebody who's not actually taken the facilitation class or doesn't come from that background, who's just you know, been a, a scrum master, maybe taken a two-day course, what kind of ahas do they have when they study facilitation as a standalone skills that you've seen in your classes? Um, the biggest aha that I've seen is that their jobs get significantly easier. Mm, yeah. um, because if you think about it, um, micromanaging a group of seven to 12, seven to 10 people is hard. Knowing yeah. what everybody's doing, where they are, what their obstacles are, coming yeah. up with solutions to them, like doing all of that stuff. And then the team quickly becomes um, dependent on you. Yeah. So you have to carry a phone, you have to text people. If you're working with people in different time zones or in different continents, now you're having to take calls at 11 o'clock at night or seven o'clock in the morning. Yeah. But when you show up as a facilitator and you say, hey, look, folks, this is all about making you successful you solving your own problems, be getting you the tools that you need so that you can be successful. Mm -hmm. The job just gets so much easier. Mm -hmm. Now you're not personally responsible for all these answers and you're probably going to get better solutions because if you're solving the problems, the solutions are only as smart as you are. Yeah. But if you're working with seven to 10 people, now you're tapping into the collective wisdom and all of their blind spots and lack of blind spots so that they can help each other and come up with even better solutions. Yeah. So the biggest thing for me, the takeover is you're working too hard. Find yes. out how to make life easier on you and yeah. still get better performance. 100%. And I'm going to yes and because I've gone through your 
ATF class and we've taught a handful of class together. But you know, when when I went through it, it was just the just the immersion piece of, you know, I knew what facilitation was, you know, but really immersing myself into this core skill set, really understanding the mindset, you know, talking to other folks in the class, talking to the instructors, talking about some examples, and then from looking at the framework is how do you actually prepare for a meeting um, to facilitate, to truly show up as a facilitator or a coach, and then having the tool set, having a framework, um, you know, like I was really able to fill in the gaps that I had just by dedicating and immersing myself into other other learners who um, had different gaps uh, and different point of views. So that was really uh, effective and just kind of walking away with with a solid mindset, some tool sets uh, to really show up, uh, to facilitate, understand when to show up as a coach, when you show up as a mentor, when to teach and how to teach effectively mm-hmm. and facilitator. So th- th- those are my experiences going through through your ATF class. So, um, so that's about facilitation, Joe. Um, I've also done like a standalone, uh, this was five, six years ago, uh, a class on how to become an effective teacher. And uh, Jolene and you uh, were facilitating that. So part of this um, ICE uh, learning track is also about becoming a good teacher and instructor. So what are some things that, um, that you learned or revisited uh, in this journey of becoming ICE uh, from like an instructional design and a teaching perspective? I mean, the first thing that I, I learned when it comes to teaching is that um, the way that we've been classically taught to teach, the way that a lot of us saw, so sitting in a classroom, rows of seats, the, the teacher at the front of the room, everybody listening, stuff like that, that model actually cl- comes to us from the Prussian military. So <laughs> yeah, like hundreds of years ago, Uh, when they were trying to uh, figure out how to teach people in the Prussian military, they needed to get a large number of people who had worked, lived on farms, who had very little formal education. They had to get them up to speed so they could get them into the, um, get them to the front, put a rifle in their hands and have them go be soldiers. Hmm. They didn't care about how effective the training was. They cared about how cheap it was Hmm. and how they could get it done the fastest. So that's how these things worked. Well, over the past couple of hundred years, and if you think about it, what has lasted that long? What do we still do the same way we've done 200 years ago? And there's a great video online um, about teaching fish to climb trees, where a guy um, has an indictment of modern education. And he talks about this. He's like, how many things are the same after hundreds of years? Education is one of them. We're still sticking with a model that's hundreds of years old. Mm. Well, once you release yourselves from those shackles, then you realize, okay, there are a lot of ways that we can learn that are more exciting, more interesting, and more effective. So then we start teaching based on the way our brains work. So games, activity, getting people moving around, laughter, jokes, music, bright colors, interactivity, all of these things combined together create a much more effective and enjoyable learning experience. So you've got to cut the the ties that say the only way to teach is to stand at the front of the room, maybe point to a PowerPoint presentation every once in a while and talk. You've got to get rid of that and let people focus on learning. Yeah. And you learn by doing. 
So letting people get in and do things and learn from it, and then your job as an instructor is to help them answer questions and put them in these situations so they can learn. 100%. No, thanks for thanks for articulating that. So yes, uh, so teaching, learning, facilitating, mentoring, um, and some agile um Agile coaching, agile coaching skills, um, and uh, leadership. Um, so, what else? Um, what else was part of your learning journey in terms of becoming um, ICE? Wow. Um, so, I had to become a much better professional coach. Mm-hmm. So, I'd had some experience with professional coaching, you know, taking Lisa's class and and being around coaches for a while, but that was not enough. So yeah. like one of the things that we do in our ICE cohort is we've got, um, we bring in professional coaches and you go through, we call it resonant coaching, where um, we teach you how to coach in a way that will let you, that will um, help your, your clients or your coaches resonate with what you're talking about. So uh, for example, uh, you know, Marla, Marla helps us teach this professional coach. Marla is an amazing professional coach. Jolene's an amazing professional coach. So they usually head up that course um, and they teach us the skills. For example, all of the little minute things that go into professional coaching that create, that basically make it the field that it is. So obvious ones we talk about in the class, like professional, powerful questions, but there are things like the coaching stance. And uh, one thing that comes to us from the professional coaching space is to treat people as naturally creative, resourceful, and whole. That means even before you showed up, this person was creative. uh, They could come up with their solutions to their own problems. Resourceful meaning once they had that solution, they could figure out how to do it. And whole meaning this person isn't broken. Just because they're experiencing a challenge doesn't mean that there's something wrong with them. It just means that there's something in their way that they need to figure out a solution to. And because they're creative and resourceful, once they get to that solution, they'll solve their problem. So we talk about this in the resonant coaching, as well as other things, um, different stances, different techniques. There's a lot of practice. The the practice is the most important part because um, you have to develop the skill where you stop giving people answers. So we're very used to mentoring. So the first thing professional coaches have to do is step back and say, look, I'm going to let you solve your own problem and I'm going to try and keep as much of my stuff and my ideas out of it as possible. Awesome. Joe, thank you so much. And I, and I know, um, so this sounds really exciting. I'm actually going to be going through some of the learning journey of becoming nice. Mm -hmm. Um, That's, that's my goal for this year. Uh, But you, you have some dates coming up and some dates coming up for the next class. Uh, Mm -hmm. So what we will do, we'll add that um, this in the video uh, in the, uh, in below the links and uh, yeah, hopefully people can check out uh, the content. And if you're interested, you know, I've taken a bunch of courses from you and Jolene and Marla. Uh, you guys are some of the best coaches. So I highly recommend if you are listening to this, check out this course. You're going to have a blast. You're going to learn a lot. Um, and with that, any, any last things, Joe? I think that does it. Just, yeah, no matter what you do, I don't care if you take our course or anything else. Practice, practice, practice. Go out there try new things, experiment, get better. That's the key to being successful in it. Love it. Thank you so much, Joe. 
All right, that's a wrap with this episode. Thank you for listening till the end. We hope these podcasts are providing value on your Agile journey. If you haven't visited our website, theagilecoach.com, we highly suggest you for other courses and supporting material on your journey. You can also get access to our self-paced courses or learn more about the life training that we provide to become a Scrum Master, Product Owner, Product Manager. With that, we will see you on the next episode. Love and best wishes from the Agile Coach.